Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. But what I will say is, so, so I'm feeling, you can tell him, if you listen to that song, the first line is, hey, shut up. So it's about, it's, I'm angry, you know, don't lie to me. You think I'm blind, that you've got eyes to see, right? Um, would you stand back, baby? Because I want to get a be- better look at the big man who couldn't handle. This is a pissed off lady. Welcome, songwriters. I'm Ann Keaton, your host and founder of Soul Song School. I'm here with a very special guest, Bonnie Hayes. Bonnie Hayes is a singer-songwriter. <laughs> very special. A songwriter, a musician, and a producer. She has written songs that have been recorded by artists such as Cher, Bette Midler, Bonnie Raitt, uh, David Crosby, Natalie Cole, Adam Ant, Booker T and the MGs. She notably wrote the songs Love Letter and Have a Heart for Bonnie Raitt's record, Nick of Time. And she is now the chair of the songwriting department at Berklee College of Music. So excited that you're here with us, Bonnie. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to do it. Yeah. And everybody's special. <laughs> I know. I love that. I heard that on a podcast the other day. Like they introduced the guest, and then the guest was like, But don't let any of that bio stuff make you think that I'm any different from you, or, you know. Yeah. yeah everybody <laughs> is special. That's such a good point. Um, so. Obviously, you ha- have a really strong sense of how to write an emotionally resonant song if all of these songwriters are recording your music and the songs have staying power and such far reach. So I, want, I do want to dive into that today, um, but I'd love to start with a question that I ask all the songwriters, which is, how did you get into songwriting? What compelled you to first start writing? So I was... Um I was a musician. I started out, uh, you know, I took piano lessons when I was a kid, and I, I was always really into music. But I remember there was this um, period where I only played classical music, and I could only read. And I, I did a lot of stuff by ear, but it was all like Bach and stuff like that. Like, I never figured out a song. I could never, I, it, I never made the leap in my own box that I was in that I actually had the power to figure out the songs that I like. So I'd be listening to, you know, when I was in my teenager, I'd be listening to Neil Young and like listening, going, how did they do that? How do they, how do they do that? And, um, you know, when I finally started taking lessons where somebody taught me what chords were and that songs were made of like chords and melodies and I started figuring stuff out, I was like a machine. Like I went insane. And I just, all I did was figure out songs and I, I played jazz for a long time and transcribed solos. I would make charts for songs. Like I just really wanted to understand um, music because I had been outside for so long, outside of the world where I was allowed in so suddenly I was in and I when I got in I was like oh I can do anything I can do anything and um so I was playing a lot of music and I was playing as a keyboard player and I wasn't really a singer but um I was basically playing a lot of covers and getting paid to play other people's music and I I got a rock and roll tour with a band that was opening for Bob Seger and I remember kind of 
all of a sudden making, it was like another one of those, I'm in a box and now I'm, I'm jumping out, which is, oh, I can make up my own song. Like, I don't have to learn other people's songs. I was just a slow learner. But eventually I learned, right? It took me a while. But when I learned, man, do I learn. And I got that. And I basically, <laughs> after that tour was over, I went home and moved into my mom. My mom didn't live there anymore, but I moved into the house where I didn't have to pay hardly any rent. And I basically spent like two years being oh. all I did was write songs. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like figuring out, you know, a song that I loved, and then feeling, you know, the best thing in it, and turning it into a song, and doing that over and over and over and over and over, taking the form or taking the the rhythm, and not taking enough that people go, "Oh, you stole that," but just taking like the rhythm, the melodic rhythm, or the topic, but not the title, or whatever you know i was just oh, like i would cool. take songs apart and kind of go what's the best thing what's the thing that makes me love this song and then steal that thing and put it in my own song oh so, i love that i want to highlight that so you basically what you're saying is you would listen to to songs you love and you'd pull out the thing that you love the most that you feel like one the thing. thing about and, it and you know that that donnie that donnie ray song have a heart so when i go um have, have a heart and I get that that chord right there. Like yeah. I stole that chord right um, out of somebody's song, and I kind of wrote the chorus to get that chord in there. And the whole song wow. kind of was orchestrated around getting that that word please. And it's on like the third in the key, but it's the seventh of the four chords. I get this really pretty chord when I sing that please over the top. And I was really into those like little tiny moments. That really make you feel something, and oh, kind wow. of trying to top those. So, so I don't. Rem it's funny because I, I don't remember the song I stole it from, um, but um, yeah, I think it was a jazz tune, and okay. um, there was a because a lot of that stuff that I got was like something out of a that's a jazzy kind of a chord. I mean, you know, the major seven chord, major right. nine. So. I was, you know, I would kind of pull from, a, uh, not from necessarily a pop song, but from jazz, you know, right. and kind of pop it into a song and just like get that moment in my song so that I could own it forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I just love that so much. That is so, I have, I'm like, I have the chills when you're talking about like how you put that together for Have a Heart. I, um... It reminds me of this thing I do. I, I, I don't start with that moment, but like if I'm, if I get like 50% of the way in a song and I, I get stuck, I'll say like, who does this kind of remind me of? And then I'll say like, oh, what would like the Weepies do? Or what would, what would Bonnie Hayes do? Like, what would Melissa Farrick do in this situation? And then I feel like I, I get clues to how to, to how to finish it. But I just love yeah, I think that's, so much. I think that's a really smart way to do it. I mean, a, a lot of times um, students will come in and they'll have, um, they'll have kind of a model that made them start the song. And there's that too, where you just go, you're just listening to a vibe and you're in a, you know, um, like the Lana Del Rey song and you're in this vibe of this Lana mm -hmm. Del Rey song. And then you write a song um, that's sort of off that vibe, but it's not really like there's nothing specific that you took. Maybe maybe it's the same kind of tonality, like the major or minor, mixolydian or bluesy, and or maybe it's it's the same form, or maybe it's the same melodic rhythm. So that happens by accident all the time, and so this is just a kind of a intentional version of that, of of sort of accidentally 
but not, I mean, not accidentally, intentionally kind of channeling and synchronizing yourself with something and then making your own thing out of it. Mm. And I think, but dude, I think that's what songwriters do. I mean, that's a lot of songwriters. I mean, it's funny because I was reading this Loudon Wainwright, the third book, and he's talking about, I wouldn't listen to anybody else when I was writing. And a lot of songwriters say that they don't listen to other people, but I, if I'm looking for inspiration, Mm-hmm. I'll go on a listening binge, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm already inspired, then I stay away, you know, mm-hmm. um, from other people's music. But I think that listening binges for me, like I'll get on an artist and I'll just freak out, you know, over yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, and when you're, when you're following someone else, what? <laughs> I'll listen to him for two hours and then I write a song. Right. Oh, and it's not really exact it's not anything they did it's like another and you know it always sounds like me because I sound so weird I have this really weird voice and a sort of real specific kind of unique way that I look at stuff so it always sounds like me I can't make it not be me right no matter what I do you know so it's cool because I can kind of do anything right right okay so this is really making me want to ask you something that i was thinking about earlier okay so i've seen you for the songwriters listening i've seen bonnie and maybe you have as well do this workshopping of songs thing at berkeley um along with pat pattison sometimes and um basically what they do is a songwriter brings in a song and they help this songwriter make it better and so there's different i know there's many things you do but like some of them are like making sure that the chorus melody is not the same as the verse melody, that maybe it rises up or making sure they're repeating the hook or making sure that, you know, sometimes they're changing up the pattern. You know, there's probably a hundred things that you do. Um, But, you know, it occurs to me, and I'm sure you think about this when you pick the songs, that if the heart of the song is not there, if there isn't some core message, um, it would just be like, you know, dressing up like, I don't know, a paper bag or, something, you know, like you, you need that. And so I feel like that's something that you are just so amazing at because your songs are not so always, emo- <laughs> they're so emotionally raw. So I, I wonder how you would talk about knowing that you have that emotional center in your songs or how you're open to receiving it or finding it or how you would talk. There's about- a, you know, it's, there's like these two parts of our brain, or at least I experience it this way that I feel like there's this really analytical and curious side of me that's very, that's why I'm really good at that thing of having somebody play a song and go, you know what I hear is like right here, it's just going off the rails. Like it's not doing what it needs to do. And that's that kind of, I'm able to go, you know, click, 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 click. And and part of that is intuition. Like I feel that it feels wrong. So I feel the feeling. I go, ooh, that feels wrong. That doesn't feel good. And then I go, what is it? Instead of just, that doesn't feel good when you go there. I go, could it be the melodic rhythm? Could it be the, mel- the melodic range? Could it be the chord progression? Could it be the meter? Could it be the, could it be the length of the line? Could it be the, you know, the rhyme? Could it be the point of view? And so just chick, 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 I go through all of the possible clicks until I find a thing that kind of seems like the problem to me. And yeah. then I'll attack that. So I call that toggling, which is like this, again, we do it automatically, but some of us aren't, have one side or the other kind of overdeveloped, right? Right. So my practice as a writer of, of, of being, trying to be available emotionally and yet write the kind of songs that are as complex and uh, interesting as I want them to be. I mean, you, we need ideas and feelings in our songs. If you just have feelings, 
for me, that's not that interesting. Like right. feelings aren't interesting. <laughs> they, all, they pass, you know. What what doesn't pass is, you know, there's a uniqueness about each of us that I think when we engage with a feeling and an idea creates a, a unique work, right? So that's the thing that I try to keep in the front is that what is when we try to make everything perfect, do we erase a uniqueness? And for me, that's about kind of toggling, using to use my toggle and not spending too much time in analysis and not spend too much time in intuition. But I do, my first pass on a song, I'll get a collection of words. So that's really intellectual. Lists of words, a bunch of rhymes. I have the title. I rarely start songs without titles. Then I sit down and I just blow out a song. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be shitty, but there'll be some good stuff in it. But I can feel it because I float it out. You know, I, I let it kind of flow out of me. Then I go in and I pick the things that are good. That's the brain. The, the other side, the mm -hmm. analytical side, what's good here? And then I try to fix it and then I blow it out again. Mm -hmm. And if it, you know what I mean? And, and I'll play it a couple times so it starts to roll in a different way or whatever. I just kind of go back and forth between these fixy, fixy, mm -hmm. nerdy OCD place and it's like, I'm just going to feel it, you know, drama queen zone. And somehow toggling back and forth like that. I get to a place where it feels and it feels right and it contains ideas. <laughs> so it's not right. So it's not just. I love that. I love feeling. that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we, I think you do it. I, I can tell you do it because your songs are really emotional and they're really smart. I think anybody who, you know, I just, I think that we have to be careful a to not be too intellectual and to not be too emotion, emotional only because emotional only when you're writing a song can really lead you into cliches and into predictability. Well, when, um, when you talk about being emotionally available and then also having this uniqueness, like what is it about, what do you try to tie those emotions to so that it's not cliche? So for me, that uniqueness is, is specificity. It's like specificity is the most emotional thing that you can have. It's much more, emo if I say, I'm lonely, I'm so lonely, ooh, I'm lonely. I mean, it doesn't work unless I've had, you know, think about Randy Newman, his bridge of, um, of uh, um, I think it's gonna rain today, you know, and the whole song is like um, uh, all these specifics about like walking down a street and, you know, yeah. basically windy, you know, it's like seeing all this trash and people being mean to each other and stuff and then, so it's real, it's just a bunch of pictures, you know, and then we get to the, to the bridge and he goes, all he says is lonely. So lonely works there because we just saw pictures of a dude being lonely for right. like two right. minutes, right? Right. So lonely doesn't work unless you get the picture of what lonely looks like for me, right? Yeah, what does lonely look like for me? So that's the uniqueness. That's where we put our uniqueness together. And, and we create, we evoke emotions in other people. By being specific. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah, that's it right there. We evoke emotions in other people by being specific. That is such a succinct way to put that. And yeah, we're always, we want to let people experience. I know that I've run into this at Berkeley, like teaching, you know, you're like, you want to let the listener experience, like live in the scene, you know, don't just like tell them how people don't want to be told how to feel. So and I love the thing you're saying about going back with the brain and you're right. Like I do that, do do that. And but where I notice I get into trouble is like, so 
I'll think that the song is like 80% done. And so I'm just in editing mode. And then finally I'll be like, this third verse is wrong. It's, you haven't written a third verse yet. You have to throw this out. And then I got to go back into like stream of consciousness, like creating scenes. And and sometimes that's hard because I think I'm already in editing mode. So I like the way you talked about moving back and forth between those two. There's a part, there's a moment, like maybe a couple day window where a song is really alive, where it's really flexible and plastic and you can really change it. And then it sort of starts to harden, you know, into this, like, it's almost like you disconnect from it. And the, and the whole thing is, you know, so I used to work on songs for like weeks and now I basically, I'll, I'll cogitate an idea for a couple weeks because I don't want to, like, I don't want to go into that flow mode with a half-baked idea that I didn't think through, you know? So if I have a title, um, and I remember I had this student once, it was like, I don't know, it had to be like 25 years ago, and he would, he was in an ongoing class I had, and he would do this thing, he'd come in every week with a banging song. He would write a new song that was insane, and it would have a great demo, and it would be freaking amazing, and I'd go, what are you doing that that's helping you to write this consistently? And he goes, here's what I do. The day after the class, I start thinking about what I'm going to write about, and I start looking for a title, and then I work on the concept for four days to <laughs> make sure that I have the concept ironed out, right? So there aren't five ideas in the concept. So there's only one idea. There's one thing I'm saying, and I know what it is, and that's my North Star, and everything is aiming at that. And I make lists of words. He does pretty much what I do. And I kind of collect maybe some lines and things that I think are better funny or cool that seem to relate to this images, stuff I, you know, I see, whatever, that relates to this. So I start kind of collecting. And then I write the song, the classes on Monday, because I write the song and demo it on Sunday. And the truth of the matter is, is that we can do that. You know, the, if you have your skills together as a songwriter, the part that's hard is the part where you hone out the idea out of all this other random shit that you're feeling and thinking all the yeah. time and going, here's what this song is about. This essence of this song is this guy is alone and he's lonely and the world seems cold and ugly. And that, that's it. That's all we can say. <laughs> that's a really, that's enough. You know, and then you kind of don't allow a bunch of other explaining. There's nobody else in that song with Randy Newman. He's not singing to a lady who broke his heart or the last person who left him. Like, there's nothing else. There's only this feeling and this reality of this, this walk that he's, you know, this, this stuff that he's seeing around him. And, you know, what a, what a focused, you know, beautiful idea it is. Yeah. And it's really pure emotionally. Wow. So this is like gold. So for the songwriters listening, this is like, I'll put this in my own words and then you can kind of tweak it if it, but like, it's almost like you're flowing into a container. Like you've kind of created the container or the outline or the parameters before you ever like let yourself just go. Because by the time you let yourself just go, you want to sort of know what's included. And it all almost sounds like you're saying that in, in a song, there's really only one primary emotion and then anything else needs to support that i don't know well emotions are complicated so i would say there's a primary idea um emotion i mean i never just feel like okay let's talk about have a heart so and actually have a heart isn't my favorite lyric i wrote because it's kind of it doesn't really refer to sort of the central image of the song that much this idea of like you know your heart you know and what's in there 
Um, and I would write a much better lyric for that if I was writing that because I have much better tools than I had when I wrote that song. But what I will say is, so so I'm feeling, you can tell him, if you listen to that song, the first line is, hey, shut up. So it's about, it's, I'm angry, you know, don't lie to me. You think I'm blind, but you've got eyes to see, right? Um, would you stand back, baby? Because I want to get a bet, better look at the big man he couldn't handle. So this is a pissed off lady, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's have a heart. If you don't love me, you know, wh why won't you let me go? Now, yeah. please, please, please. Right? Oh, my God. Heartbroken sound with the word please. Just please. Could you have mercy on me and leave and let me go? So now we have feelings. We have the feeling of sorrow. So anger, sorrow, you know, those two things are entwined and overlapped in this song. So I don't think it's one emotion. I think that we never feel one emotion. You know, I will feel love and pain and desire and regret all at the same time. And I think that's really human. So what we're doing is we're weaving strands of emotion together in our lyric, you know, what we're showing people at different times. But I do think there's one thing, that one idea, which is there are so many things I could say about that guy that I wrote that song about, so many things that happened between us. He was, you know, addicted to drugs. He had had an, uh, he had had an affair with my best friend. Um, I didn't put any of that in the song. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because I didn't want it to run away down a bunch of other stories. Right. right. So there's like one story in this song, you know. Right. Um, and it's my story. Right. 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 So and if you don't love me, why don't you let me go? Why don't you let me go? It's saying, please just let go of me. Go, leave me, you know. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah. And I feel like... Um, I, I'm talking more about stuff like, like if you had, say you had an idea for a song. Um, I mean, that's a really generic idea. I have a heart. It's sort of, it's a alliterative title. I picked it because I was trying to write, I mean, the story of that song, I was trying to write a song for Huey Lewis in the news, right? Um, and so, and they wanted to, they had a reggae uh, record. So I kind of, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to write a song for Huey. And I picked Have a Heart because it sounded sort of like, it could, when you say Have a Heart, it's like, oh, I have a heart, man. Give me a break. It's sort of like a jo jokey, like a lighthearted thing that you say to people. Yeah. And that was my intention was to make the song very lighthearted and kind of jaunty and not be about broken hearts or any of that, right? That wasn't the intention of the song, you know, when I first started. Um, and so... If you pick a, a title that was a little bit less obvious, right? Um, like if you pick a title that serves a central metaphor, like let's just think about a song like like Chandelier, right? Which is this Sia song. Like I, I want to swing from the Chandelier. So you know the 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 word chandelier, if you just said, I like the word chandelier, I like the word diamonds, and I'm going to write a song called Diamonds. Now you have to sort of figure out how you're going to connect that word, right, to a feeling and to a situation and a feeling, right? So that's the kind of stuff that I think is hard for people. They can, anybody can write a song on Have a Heart, or anybody can write a song on, you know, Love You in the Night, you know, like that's right. not that challenging of, right. a, of an idea um although sometimes the vaguest 
ones are the hardest to write. But I, so I, I'm talking a little bit more about when you get a great title, like Girls Like Me. I wrote a song called Girls Like Me. And I love that title because it can be Girls Like Me or Girls Like Me. Right, right, right. <laughs> Depending on how you say it. I thought it was funny. And the song is like a manifesto about, about girls who don't belong and don't fit in, right? Like weird girls. Yeah. Um, ask Pink about that. She'll talk about it all, the, all day long. You know, it's like, and I feel like I had to work a lot on that concept on what it was that I was going to say because there were 30 things that I could say about girls like me or yeah. girls like me. Right? Yeah, right. Super so that's cool. what I'm talking about. I love refine, it. I, I love that. Um, I also just want to go back to that, that have a hard thing for a second because we're talking about writing into a concept and having an idea. And then also at the same time, it didn't turn out how you thought it would. It turned out this other way. So it's kind of like a both and of like, you have the yeah. plan, it's good to have the plan, and then things can change a little bit too once you get into it. Um, well, the, t the title was still the same. And the chorus, I mean, but all of that stuff kind of emerged. And that's why I think flow is so important. Because I had a bunch of words, but when I flowed it out, it wouldn't be what I wanted it to be. And it turned into something else. And then I had to go back in and kind of carve out the lyric to be on point but you can there's nothing in that song that doesn't lead us to the word to have a heart you know every yeah. single thing every single line it's like this leads to this leads to this leads to this there's not there's no red herrings and no side swipes on anybody it just goes here we go and you go right to have a heart you okay know? and that is I, what it is i think since we're talking about it maybe <laughs> you should just you should just play it <laughs> so, i I, I well, we can really, talk. It's it's an interesting because you brought it up, you know. So well, I wanted to. I'm not doing this with anyone else, but I had this memory this summer, so I feel like I just have to tell this story because it might be inspiring. But I, I did not remember this, but at our Berkeley faculty concert this summer, um, I remembered it. And so basically, when I was a senior in high school, this song "Have a Heart" was the very first song because I was like, I didn't know you were classically. I was a classically trained pianist, and then I would like sing in my car to like the Stones, but I didn't like play piano and sing at the same time. Like right. I never thought about writing a song. This song was the song that like sort of I went like, oh, like I really want to see if I could play piano and sing at the same time. So oh, awesome. three. Three days before this talent show at my high school, I was like trying to learn how to play piano and sing at the same time. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then at the night of the show, I backed out because I realized I only knew how to look down oh. and sing and play. And I didn't know so about you couldn't the, get on the, mic. the microphone, you know, <laughs> but what was crazy about that, and I was so like moved by that song and, and psyched about it. it, just like lit something in me. And then it wasn't until our faculty concert this summer, I think I played a song about like the political landscape or finding joy in your heart or something. And you, you said joy. like you cried yeah. or like you said, that was a good song. I don't know if you even remember that. And also I I memory. And I was like, Oh my God, like this person who inspired me, like, and kind of like started this in me, just liked my song. I was like, I'm going to die right now. <laughs> so Alyssa uh, Farrick, who also teaches at Berkeley, she's like, you should tell her. And I'm like, oh, okay, I will. Anyway, so I'm telling her. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank you. Yeah, that's funny. That's what Sarah Bareilles' song has done for like millions of people, right? I mean, yeah. there are songs, you know, there'll be a song that'll kind of go, make you go, 
I really, that song makes me want to write songs. It makes yeah. me want to sing songs. Or it makes me want to figure out songs. And I feel like that's the great thing. There's like this chain, you know. Um, so I'm happy to have, to be part of that chain, right? Um, this song is just such a weird, you know, so I told you I was writing it for Huey Lewis. And my, I had my, I didn't want to play a reggae beat. And I had my brother, I mean, I could play it on piano, just, you know, that whole, you know, yeah. kind of guitar chuck, but I'm a piano player. And he, he came over and my brother, Kevin, who played with Robert Cray, came over and programmed um, a reggae beat and he programmed the drum beat for Love Letter. <laughs> and like in the next like week, I wrote both songs. Oh, because... <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I had drum beats. So I guess that what I would say to people is, um, like one of the things I've learned over all this time, you know, after the sort of first blush of writing songs and having it always be this moment where you sit down alone at the piano or you pick up your guitar and you're having your feels and you just pour it out and it feels so good. It's like, and that's this inspiration flow thing that it stops really being that easy or the songs that you write that way always starts to stay. And one of the things I learned when I started making money from writing songs is, you know, you kind of have to just keep writing them. And you also have to write them from different angles and different ways. So one great way to do that is to get some drum beats. And you can get loops and, you know, you can have a buddy program for you or you can learn to program. It's so easy. GarageBand, it's millions of loops. It's on your Mac. It's right there. You just have to stop being scared of it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. And sit down and put your hands on the piano and make some shit up, you know. And then, you know, record it. Right, and I I really feel like um, this was just such a gift in that way. And I had all this stuff that I've been thinking about, like the the song starts on the one chord, but it starts on the one chord with the third in the bass. And um, this is a beautiful questiony chord. Like it it's not a one chord, right? So if I hear that, it's like this is what is happening. That's a everything's resolved, we're all cool, and it didn't really feel like that. So I love the question that it asked, which is resolved when you go up, and then it kind of wants to keep going up. So the whole thing is kind of, it would be like from one chord, from that first chord, I got the whole thing just kind of rolled out. Because mm. if you start with a question and you answer it, another question comes up, right? And that really works as a way to handle music and lyrics. Oh, cool. So anyway, I love that. Starting with a question. Yeah. So if you listen, awesome. you'll hear it. It just keeps rolling. There's a, that, that, that first chord is a question because it really wants something. It's not happy being where it is. And this wants something because it's not the one chord. And also it wants to go there, right? So right. every chord I'm playing has a question in it, right? It has an, it's a lack of resolution, which is the way that I felt. That is so okay, cool. I love that. I'll sing the song a little bit. Hey, shut up. Don't matter me. I'm not really singing. You think I'm blind, but I've got a Hey, mister. How do you do? Oh. Pardon me, I thought I knew you. Would you stay back, baby, because I want to get a better look. 
Big man who can handle just a little bit of love you took. Hey, hey, have a heart. Hey, have a heart. If you don't love me, why don't you let me go? Hey, hey, have a heart. Please, don't you have a heart? A little fire, little you say, it's when I fall apart. Hey, 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 baby. Etc. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. That is, this is an amazing moment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like in my car with my cassette tape that I bought at the coconut record store and heard that song for the first time. And now you're playing it. It's just that song was such a fight for me. I mean, it all music came out and the and the chorus came out without the if you don't love me, let me go, which is have a heart, you know, hey, have a heart. And then nothing, nothing, nothing. Have a heart, please. So that's all you see here. It sounds really major. You know, it's just like major, major, major. And mm -hmm. then I put all that, if you don't love me, let me go in after I wrote the rest of the song. It's just like the boo-hoo uh, Okay. The boo <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, space. Yeah. And then there's space. You don't say anything. And so you're, I haven't analyzed the song. And now, of course, I'm going to. But no, that's right. uh, the uh, I, I'll about having the, you. <laughs> you just did it for me. Perfect. Um, having the, I think now I could probably sing it and play at the same time. Finally, um, I think you could too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I could. Um, but having the third in the bass, or, or having uh, leading tones in the bass, and then when you get to the chorus, you you have the one in the bass, right? Right. Just to, okay. Clarify that. Right. And that. So that whole top. This is the other thing. Hey, man. If you you songwriters out there. If you don't play the piano and you don't want to learn all your chords on piano, like <laughs> you don't want to learn all that because it takes a long time where you can go, you know, I mean, that's hard to learn how to do really well, but what you can do is you can play the one and the five and you can play almost any even that one's really pretty. You can go out of the key. Right, and it's gorgeous. This is the, that one's a little funky. So it's because it's fading out, in and out a little tiny bit right now, can you just tell us what you're doing? So I'm in the A, but I'll put it in C. So I'm in C. First, you can play all the notes of the major scale, right? And they'll all work. Right. Right, this is one with three bass, four, two, six. Mm-hmm. Even that one works, but you just, you just have to resolve it. It's a question. You can also go out of the key. I'm on B flat. Mm -hmm. I'm on A flat. Right. Beautiful, right? A B flat. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm just yeah. playing one five one five one on the top. Mm-hmm. On the bottom, I was playing fifth, but you literally can just play single notes. And I've had students who didn't play piano write like seven songs with that. So this is the other thing is that we make things harder than they need to be. Um, all humans do that, and I think um, <laughs> yes, it's partly what what I I think you said it too. You know, you're in a box of what you think you can do, and Suddenly, it occurs to you that you don't have to do that. You actually don't have to know chords yeah. to play the piano. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and like you were talking about earlier, like writing to a drum beat, like, and I feel like the best melodies I've ever written, I wrote walking or on my bike. You know what I mean? They weren't like, because I knew, so someone can always help you find the chords later, yeah. you know? But just don't be scared. Like, the piano freaks people out. Like, don't be scared to just put your hand on the stupid thing yeah. and find pretty sounds. Find I mean, sounds, yeah. it's pretty easy. They're laying there, you know? Um, so, I mean, I guess just this idea, you know, to have a heart represents so many, like, little piano lessons, for one thing, but also just that idea of not being scared of what's inside of you, or what, you what happens, like, not, not being afraid to make mistakes not being afraid to write a bad song or a weird song, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's so important to be in a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what stops us, you know? Cool. Well, there, there's so much, there's so much wisdom here. I feel like I feel like I could be constantly recapping. So I just want to ask you one more thing before I usually ask, you know, what's your parting advice for songwriters? I feel like you've already given so much advice. Um, is there anything that we were talking about right before we got on the call? I was asking you kind of what's most alive for you now in your creativity and songwriting. And you talked about you've been teaching a lot this summer and what was coming up. Is there anything about that that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, there's the, the one thing, and I talk to students about it here too. It's like, I have to write commercial songs because I want to get on the radio. I want my band to make money and I've got to write a hit song. So I'm going to like tone down my my whatever the stuff is that makes my songs less commercial. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think you can get that information from people who say, that's a weird idea, or I don't know, I don't really understand what you're talking about or whatever. Sometimes, you know, you want to listen to that, but just because if, if five people say, I have no idea what that song is about, then maybe you need to do more of that sculpting of your basic idea and figuring out what you're saying so that other people can understand you. But, um, some people don't do that and they have really great careers. And what I think is the essence of this is this thing that we were talking about with specificity. And it also happens in your musical choices. There are, there are things that we do that are specific to us, to the way we see the world, the way we hear the world. And um, the thing that you think is your weakness, your limited voice and your inability to play the piano or you know, being heavy or whatever your story is about what your limitation is, is actually, if you play it, it's your strength. Mm. It's the thing that identifies you and it's a gift, right? Even, even like I have this girl who is an Asian student. She's like, there's no Asian pop stars in America. And I have to play down being Asian. I'm like, no man, you have to be the Asian queen you have to play that you know write songs with tiger in the title i don't know but like take that 
and magnify it. And that's who you are. That's how, what they do you. So don't be afraid to be unique and be weird and to be yourself and take that thing and magnify it. Never think you have to tone down who you are. Mm. People will, if you do it right, if you get your tools in place, and the only other thing I would say is learn your tools. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions and get the tools that you need to get. Writing songs is like making, you know, starting to learn to write songs is like learning to make a fire. The first time you do it, you're like, dang, dang it with a stick, you know, for like three hours. This isn't working, this sucks. And then the next day, it only takes two hours. And the next yeah. day, it only takes an hour. And then right. I'm pretty soon you're sitting down, you're going, here we go. And then you get inspiration. So inspiration comes when you learn how to build a fire. And yeah. that is tool-based. It's tool-based. It's going, I'm going to put myself in a weird position. I'm going to put myself, I'm going to play the piano. I'm going to pick up the guitar. I'm going to play in F sharp. I'm going to write a song in third person. I'm going to write a song with no hook. I'm going to write a song with 10 hooks, you know, whatever. Right. right. So setting, setting up these yourself. little, like, goals for yourself. Like, mini, yeah. Things like, you don't that necessarily you... have to be get, go, go to Berkeley if you're, have a full-time job and a family and you're, you know what I mean? Like you can do what you just said. I'm going to write a song with 10 hooks today. I'm going to learn yeah. to write a song in F sharp. Like little, little. I'm going to write a, yeah, I'm going to write a song in F sharp. I mean, who, how many of you have done that? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I have too. <laughs> Love that. It was like, out of it was like right. me going, I'm going to beat you F sharp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I love that. Don't be afraid of who you are and like magnify what's unique about you and embrace that and, and bring it up and out. Yeah. Write songs about it. You know, write songs about if you come from a, if you come from poverty, write songs about that. If you come from wealth, write songs about that. Write songs about, you know, being a girl, write songs about being trans, write songs about being gay, write songs about being you know, out in the sexual ed buff, you know, whatever it is, right? right. Um, I just feel like, write songs about the worst thing you ever did, you know, when you were mean to somebody. That's the stuff. That's the gold. Yeah. It's hard to look at it, but it is where it is, right? Yeah, because that's the thing that will draw. People want to hear. You're not hiding. They can see you and they can relate. Um, Yay. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> Thank you for it. You're welcome. I hope I didn't talk, talk too much. I feel like I talked too much. Your, no, that's what I wanted you to do was to talk. I um, had coffee. <laughs> ah, coffee's good. Okay. I songwriter. Thanks so much for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks so much. Much love. <laughs>